0: That's N-O-O-M to sign up today.
1: What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is March 13th. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. We have two things of news. We have Adrian Morejon, who has discomfort in his arm. It's unfortunate. I was really hoping he could find a way to be the SP6 soon. It likely means I will see him later in the season. If we're lucky, hopefully he's not hurt for a longer period of time. It's also Ricky Tedeman, who's dealing with left shoulder soreness and was shut down for a few days. We hope that that's just, you know, your normal inflammation that we saw from like Zach Gallen and Zach Wheeler last year around this time. The Jays have been very, very cautious with Ricky uh, over the years. So it's not really much of a surprise that uh, we weren't going to see him um, early in the season, but. We really do have him ticked as, like, hey, when he does arrive in the second half of this year, we really want Ricky Tiedemann on our teams. But looking at yesterday's games, we have a ton. WBC is adding more arms to the mix. So we have Cutter Crawford, who might have an early rotation spot. He wasn't great. 3.2 innings, 300 runs, 5 hits, 1 walk, and 4 Ks. I would not be pursuing that one. I think he'll get ousted pretty shortly once Bayo and Whitlock are back in the rotation. Grayson Rodriguez won three innings, four and in runs, four hits, two walks, six Ks. You might be terrified, but he had those six Ks in the first three innings, came out for the fourth, and he allowed three singles and two walks. Wasn't really finding his command in that inning, and that was it. Don't worry about it. He feels really good. I'm very, very much in on Grayson Rodriguez. Hunter Brown won three innings, zero and in runs, zero hits, zero walks, three Ks. He touched 96. He's more around like 94, My is my understanding, 94, 95. He threw 15 more pitches after in a bullpen. Tons of strikes. It sounds good to me. I I don't feel as if drafting Hunter Brown is going to be detrimental to your teams. And it might mean that I should be increasing uh, my Hunter Brown uh, focus for drafts. Because I have him currently in a spot where I'm like, eh, do I really need this guy or not? I'm like, yeah, I'd rather have Hunter Brown than Natobi. So why not? Uh, I think that's... Kind of where my mind should be as Hunter Brown is the SP five when Lance McCullers on the shelf. Tanner Houck went 3.1 innings, two runs, four its two walks, four Ks. As I talked about with Cutter Crawford, Houck could have a rotation spot. There's also Winkowski, but haven't really seen him. So Houck has it. Remember, there's a lot of hype last year, but that's six base runners in 3.1 innings. I think that will continue to be a problem for him, despite having a really good slider. I think Tanner Houck, Houck is too much of a cherry bomb. Much, much rather have Hunter Brown. Daniel Lynch, three innings, one run, four hits, two walks, and one strikeout. Yeah, we're not seeing anything extra from Daniel Lynch, unfortunately, and that is going to be the case for a long, long time, I think, until he's outside of Kansas City. I have no interest in Daniel Lynch. Graham Ashcraft, 2.1 innings, six strikeouts, one run, four hits, zero walks. He left with a cramp, but he did hit 100 miles per hour. Apparently, he has an improved slider. Oh, am I back in on Graham Ashcraft? I remember seeing him last year and going, wait, who is this? And being very encouraged by it, and then how he performed the rest of the year, low strikeout rates, didn't really have that ability to get whiffs, but kind of looks like he has it a little. I mean, the the lineup was terrible, and this is what happens with wbc too You take away a lot of good players, especially which is already a thing in spring training. So, uh, I'm at that point where with Graham Ashcraft where it's, if I roster him out of my draft, it's I'm ready to get rid of it quickly. Like, so, so quickly. But maybe there's something there. I don't necessarily want to trust it out of the gate. It's very... Uh, it's like a deeper lottery ticket that I don't really believe too much in. But maybe I'm just like, yeah, he throws really hard. And theoretically, his cutter should do really well. And so would his slider. But I don't trust his command at all. It's, it's weird. Dustin May... Fast and I differed on our editions of the list. He has him in the mid-30s. I had him in the 50s. I'm probably going to put Dustin Main to the 40s as I do my edition of the top 100 today. I'm going to update it. Check it out. If you're listening to this around 1 o'clock or so, go to twitch.tv slash list. I'll be live around 2 o'clock for about an hour or two doing the latest edition of the list, including the notes. Think of the stuff in season. I remember... I mean, it took longer, I think, in season. Those would take like three, four hours. This should be a simpler one. But definitely uh, tune in for that live stream. Ask all the questions that you have. Dustin May should be going up. He said he felt like his pre-Tommy John self, closer than he ever has since surgery in this one. But a weak lineup. And I have seen Dustin May have these starts and then not have it in the next time. Not to mention I don't know how to feel about the Dodgers right now. So... Uh, I, I think I'm in. Um, He had more whiffs than usual. He still throws hard. Uh, I want him to leave more in the four-seamer. We'll see. Seth Lugo, four innings, pitch, zero and runs, one hit, two walks, two Ks. I think he's kind of a sleeper where he's pitching for a winning ball club and going to be the clear SP5 out of the gate with Musgrove uh, nursing his broken toe. It's between him and Nick Martinez for that SP5 spot after. The Padres could also go to a six-man rotation. We'll see how that plays out, but Seth Lugo, I think, is kind of good. You know, he's, he's maybe a Toby for a winning ball club, and those are fun to have at the cost of free. I don't want to go and target them necessarily, as I don't draft Tobys, but especially for 15-teamers, and, and not only, Seth Lugo's kind of a sleeper. James Caprilli in 1.2 innings, one hit, zero earned runs, three walks, but five strikeouts. He has a spot for the Athletics. And I've said it before, Caprillion has good velocity. He could get a 24% strikeout rate. Just wait a second. You look back and you go, what? JK had that? And yeah, that might stick around. The biggest question, though, is his command. He's a slinger and he's not very precise. And what do you know? Three walks in that time. So not necessarily something I want to really trust for the sake of cherry bomb nature. But uh deeper leagues like you can find some strikeouts with Caprillion this year. JP Sears five innings pitched two earned runs, three hits, one walk and six strikeouts. The uh, the slider was a little bit better to lefties, which is nice to see from JP Sears. He has the number 5 spot. It's not going to be Muller, it's not going to be chuck I would be shocked. Absolutely shocked if he's not in the rotation at this point. That's kind of interesting. Um, I've been not so high on Sears. I haven't really seen a 20% plus strikeout rate from JPCers, but maybe I've just been undervaluing uh, his uh, his fastball a little bit, maybe the improved breaking ball is there. Uh, he's one of those that I'm aware of, and I could be moving up my ranks as the season goes on, that I've just been like not too excited about, because it's not electric stuff, but th- these are the kind of guys that can just kind of appear out of nowhere and be like, yeah, he's... Has a 3-4 ERA, Nick, and maybe it's a 121 whip, but it's fine and it works, especially in those deeper leagues. Ross dribbling, 3.1 innings, two hundred runs, 5 hits, 0 walks, and 6 Ks. We're not giving him enough love because it's a really good changeup, and it clearly is still there. Clearly still there. Um yeah, he's gonna be on that sleeper list. I, I think I'm gonna put out another article this week that is another batch of sleepers. It might be six, it might be ten. Because I'm finding all of these pitchers that just like, guys, we aren't giving them the respect they deserve. You know, at some point, guys need to be like SP90. But if there are 40 guys that could all be SP50, then the one that is 90 is the sleeper, right? So expect that article later this week before I do my um, Ultimate draft Guide, which comes out on Friday. I'm really looking forward to getting that one out this year. It's going to be even more draft and ultimate than ever (laughs) Um, but we've we have a lot more pictures to talk about in this
0: episode but before we do we're gonna take a quick break eating is an emotional experience which is why managing your weight needs to be a psychological one noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: Michael Kopek won three innings, zero runs, zero hits, zero walks, 1K. I didn't find much on this one. Uh, he feels good, apparently. I mean, what else is he going to say? So, so far, so good. He's not walking, guys. 1K is a little disappointing. Um, I want to see more from the breakers to be able to do that, but... I'll take it. Griffin Canning, I don't know what the Angels are going to do. If he could be an SB6, three innings, one and two-its, one-walk, three Ks. Very encouraging, though. He could be an AL-only sleeper there. Adrian Sampson, four innings, 3 runs, run 6 hits, zero-walks, and three Ks. Yeah, it's Hayden Wisniewski, guys. He is a guy to target. Um, he's the SB5 for the Cubs. It's not a fun first start. I think he gets the Phillies or something like that. But uh, still, that's, uh, that's the guy you want to target in your 12-teamers. And West not at the end of your drafts. Andrew Heaney, 2.2 innings, 2 hard runs, 4 hits, 1 walk, and 5Ks. My understanding, yep, it's, it's Andrew Heaney. Um, he's going to be more volatile than we want him to be. I just want to let you guys know that. Luis Castillo, 3.1 innings, 3 runs, 2 hits, 1 walk, 4Ks. You know, Luis Castillo hasn't had that game of just like, oh yeah, I'm dope and I feel dope yet. He generally is a slow starter for what it is worth. So I'm not really going to... Read into I'm sure his E-Ray is like six or something or five in the spring training. I don't know. I'm sure it's not like glistening. Don't worry about it. Four to one Kate per walk. It's all good. Um, Cal Quantrill got rocked in the WBC. He couldn't find the play at four walks in 0.2 innings pitched. Uh, we're not going to read into it. Cal Quantrill is still a mystery to me. All of that stuff. Papa Lopez was so good. And the WBC was 4.2 innings, one earned run, two hits, zero walks, six Ks, 95.6. Last year, he sat like 93.5. It was two ticks higher across 58 pitches. It wasn't just airing it out. Now, I understand the adrenaline of pitching for your country in the WBC is a big deal. It really is. But 95-96 for Pablo Lopez. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Jose Barrios only lasted one inning, five earned runs, five hits, two walks, and 1K. He is the great undulator. It's Jose Barrios. Honestly, I don't really think he pitched too many in the middle of the plate. Like, this is just Jose Barrios. I have no interest. Patrick Sandoval, three innings, one earned run, two hits, two walks, and two strikeouts. He was Patrick Sandoval, the Irish Panada. Yep, that's... uh, I, I I feel like he's too much of a cherry bomb for me. I mean, even you say there's like, oh, he did well. It's a one whip, right? I have that correct. Four over three. Four base runners in three innings. Like, that the whip is still going to be a problem, I think, for Patrick Sandoval. So you don't want any... I don't want to get guys who are going to pull me down in one category, like, with confidence. Like, he's not going to have a one fifteen whip this year. Uh, Nick Martinez, 2.2 innings, 300 runs, 5 hits, 1 walk, 2 Ks. He had worse command in this one, a lot in the middle of the plate. He still went 10 for 57 whiffs. So, like, this stuff actually, I think, is good. Um, And if this is one of those games where he was amped up a little too much because it's the U.S., that could be it. Um, I'm still having my eye on Nick Martinez here. Brady Singer, 2 innings, 400 runs, 4 hits, 1 walk, 2 Ks. Honestly, this is him. 30% CSW. Four whips on the slider, zero on the sinker. This is kind of Brady Singer. He's going to have this, and then he's going to have, like, four innings and one and run or something. You know, that that's... Nothing has changed for me in the last two years on Brady Singer. 2021, 2022, 2023, it's Brady Singer. Apparently, he's getting more movement on the sinker. That's what Fast was talking about. I st- I just feel like it's the same guy. Mackenzie Gore is 94 on his fastball. It's not great. We want it to be more like 95. Locations weren't the best on it. There's still more to work on. His secondaries aren't pristine. His his four-seamer isn't just overwhelming. And with the Nationals, I'm not really buying into their development to push him into another gear. So I'm, I'm out on Mackenzie Gore. Steven Matt's another sleeper here. In, 3.2 innings, 1-and-run, 3 hits, 3-walks, three 5Ks. Nick, they can't all be sleepers! But, like... He's a sleeper. (laughs) I mean, this is the kind of crazy. It's like, I feel like I should do these best ball leagues and just only do the ones that I think are just very undervalued. Steven Matz, well, the thing is, you don't know how many innings he's going to get because he only had like 48 last year. He has a history of bad health. But, I mean, the guy is going to be productive, I think, for you, especially in your your NL-only leagues. $1 Steven Matz, oh boy. He had 11 whiffs in about 69 pitches, so... Pretty good. Speaking of sleepers, Matthew Boyd. Boyd, boys, unite. 12 whiffs on 53 pitches, 6 strikeouts in 4 innings, 0 runs, 1 hit, 1 walk. His slider's looking good. He apparently has an improved changeup, 92.5 on the heater, which is exactly where we want him to be now that he's post-Tommy John. I mean, this is good. This is good. I understand that the... uh, It's interesting. We were really hyped on Matthew Boyd entering 2020 after a 2019 season where he was so good in the first half and then bad in the second half. Too many home runs. bouncy ball. We were hyped for him for 2020. And, you know, Tommy John, he wasn't as good and all that kind of stuff, right? So now... You think about entering 2020 with a Matthew Boyd, and we were saying, what, like 45th starter, 50th starter, and now he's all the way at, like, 90th starter, 100th starter? It's like, what do you got to lose? What do you got to lose? Go chase Matthew Boyd. Just see what happens. Yusei Kikuchi, 2.2 innings, 0 runs, 4 hits, 3 walks, 4 Ks, 14 whiffs still. And he's a bit all over the place. He's still missing lots of bats on that four-seamer. 14 whiffs and 61 pitches. (laughs) I... Look, he's getting all the whiffs in spring training. It's kind of wild. And, yeah, he is wild in his stuff, but it, it really is remarkable. I'm not going to overlook it. Now, I don't have so much confidence for in-season, because Kikuchi's naturally been all over the place. You know, the young and is a cherry bomb, all that kind of stuff. He's volatile. But... 14 I mean, I feel like there's something going on. This is consistent every start. I haven't seen, like, a five-whiff start. I've seen, like, I think only double-digit starts. Double-digit whiffs in all of his starts. That's kind of cool. Bailey Falter, 2.2 innings, two earned runs, 7 hits, 1 walk, 3 Ks. He has a number five spots for the Phillies. We don't really care. Velocity's the same. 10% swing strike rate overall. No, nothing there. Mitch Keller, 4 innings, two and runs, 3 hits, 1 walk, 4 Ks, 9 whiffs total. I'm only two on breaking balls. I feel like we're just going to be like, yeah, we hope Mitch Keller works out and he will for some days, but any sort of real, no, this is the breakout. I don't I don't believe that. Luis Patino had 42 pitches, which is good, but I feel like this is, the Rays are going to, you know, give him like three, four innings as a follower. So maybe he can get wins. His sliders were good. He had a good amount of whiffs on that. Three Ks, one walk, one hit, and zero in runs in 2.2 innings for Patino. I'm not really going after this one. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, he's still down 1.5 ticks at 92. He should be at like 93, 94, but maybe he adds that extra tick and change uh, moving forward. Four innings, 200 runs, four it, zero walks, and four Ks. If Carrasco is getting closer to 93 by the end, then great. He gets the Marlins first. And you want that. You want Carrasco against the Marlins. That should be a good start. It's not as much of a lock as I want it to be. He might be a streamer, honestly. Well, Carrasco has enough name value. Probably not. And the last one we're going to talk about today is Dre Jameson. Why? Because he went three innings, five and in runs, seven hits, one walk, and four Ks. And this one was interesting. I didn't know what the box score was, right? Here I am on Savant being like, okay, let's see what the pitches did and where he located everything. And then we try and get our understanding. And we try and say, cool, based on this stuff, how good is our analysis to see what the bottom line was, right? And what I saw from Dre Jameson was that he was throwing harder. He sat 98 on his four-seamer. Sinker was still the predominant one, but still, he threw, uh, he threw 12 of them. And he touched 100 on it. However, there were 10 swings on four-seamers, and just one of them returned a whiff. And I think that is important for you to understand. That just because he threw hard does not mean you all of a sudden get whiffs in a dominant four-seamer, right? it does it's not your ticket to success you need to actually locate with it you need to have good movement on it right you need to have a good profile on it Dre Jameson I don't think does five out of 13 slider whiffs is good but I think this is why he's still struggling allowed seven hits in three innings so Dre Jameson has the number five spot for the Diamondbacks I don't really want to chase it that much I mean I'll be I'll be following it, of course, in season, but Dre Jameson is not a target for me this year. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of the Plus Pitch Podcast. Thank you all so much for giving us a rating and review on iTunes. It goes a long way for us. You can do it on the Plus Pitch Podcast, or you can do it on the Pitchless Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Wherever you listen to this show, uh, please consider giving us a rating or review. And check out PL Pro if you haven't done it yet. You get projections for the year. You get a fantastic live draft assistant tool. I do all of my fantasy drafts with this tool. It is so simple and easy, and it keeps tabs on everything we have. ATC projections built in and our PLV-powered projections on top of it. You should be using them. It's fantastic. You also get our Discord. You also get the Auction Draft Calculator. You also get in-season weekly fantasy and daily fantasy projections. And if you want to play some DFS stuff, you get FanDuel and DraftKings as well. It's the best way to stay on top of everything. So go to pitchfiles.com slash premium. Check out Pro today. Join our Discord, all that fun stuff. But all right, that is it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your badness be low and your strikeouts high.